Welcome to the Kingsway Christian Fellowship. We hope that you'll be blessed as you listen to this audio sermon streamed live from Melbourne, Australia. Kingsway Christian Fellowship is a family Bible-based non-denominational church preaching Jesus Christ, based in Wonturna. Visit www.kingswaychristianfellowship.com Greetings, church. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Glad to be back in the house of God in this part of the vineyard. Um, as you can see, I'm all by myself today. My wife is not with us. She is down in Phillip Island. They're having the ladies' camp, a ladies' weekend away. Um, so it's not technically a camp. It's like what they call now a glamp. You know, it's, it's, it's fancy. You know, there's no more making your own fire. You got to use a stove. Like, I don't know what's the point. Let's go to a hotel. Anyway, they're out there serving Jesus, having a whole ladies' conference, having a blast, you know, learning how to, I don't know what the lesson is, but I think somewhere in there will be like, you know, make coffee for your husband and make tea. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so apologies for her. She could not come this morning, but she says uh, prayers are with you guys. Thanks again to the church family, to the leadership uh, Pastor Gary and leadership, thanks for allowing us to come and just occupy your pulpits and share Jesus with you guys. I know I say this all the time and I'll never get tired of saying this. Now, when I got saved, I was led to Jesus by old school guys, like 70 year old people, 60 year old guys. And they always taught me to reverence God's presence, to revere the pulpits and not just take it loosely. So every single opportunity I get to share God's word, I travel very softly toward it because I don't want to misuse this platform, you know, so I've got that reverence and I appreciate that when you allow us to come and stand here and just share God's word, it's a big thing in my eyes and I do appreciate that. Thanks once again. Um, I've become more of a regular in this particular church, this particular family. I'm more like family with you guys now, um, especially that you'll let us loose with those young people. You know, <laughs> yeah, we got the young people now and we're having a good time with them. We meet every fortnight on a Saturday, fortnightly. Um, and we just talk about Jesus, uh, life, we talk about God's word uh, as it is relevant to young people. As you do know, times have changed from when you were young to the young people. Now, back then, you never had social media. Now there's social media. Back then, you could mess up. Mom and dad never knew. Yeah, no one lived to tell the tale. You know what you did when you were young. Hey, you're going to go to the cave with that secret. But the young people today have an unfair disadvantage. The little thing that they do, they could do 99% good. But the one thing they do wrong at a party somewhere or at uni somewhere, it's all over social media. They've got that difficulty to, call, to, 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 to contend with. So we've got to be very careful how we deal with this, using the word of God and apply that in your lives and be like, guys, yous have got to be extra vigilant because it's no longer secrets now. It's completely changed. You know, when God has been good so far, uh, we're trusting God for growth uh, spiritually not just in numbers, but spiritually that God can just grow the young people. So please do keep us in prayer as the leaders there and keep them in prayer that God would allow them to rise up and grow. Now, the one thing I believe in is like discipleship. I don't believe in owning any particular thing. We are the stewards. So God must rise up somebody in the young adults to lead in other areas. That's God's agenda. It's not for when Johnny dies, it stops. That's not God's will. 
No, we've got to replicate, replicate. He says, go into the world. And he said, what? Make disciples. If you're a good guitarist and you die with your talent, well, what was your purpose? Yeah, you've got to make photocopies of your skill. Share, give. Jesus came by himself and he had 12 men and those 12 men turned the world upside down. This is the agenda and this has got to be our prayer that we would generate young people who would rise up and continue God's work that the work of God may not stop. Let us pray. Father, we come before you this morning in Jesus' name. Thanking you for this time in your presence, thanking you for your word, which is life and life more abundantly. We thank you because your anointing is here. Your presence is here. And God, we here touch our hearts, change us, challenge us, transform us. Most importantly, let all glory go to Jesus. Hallelujah. I was joking the other day. I was preaching out last week at at another church. And I remember talking about how in South Africa, I'm from South Africa. Those that don't really notice Anyway, so why South Africa? We don't have clocks in our churches. Yeah, you know, I'm an evangelist, so I've been a 10 campaign, 10 crusade. It's like a marquee put up, and there's no clocks, there's no formality, and you can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Then I came to Australia, like, what, seven, eight years ago, and I was preaching in an Australian church, and there was a timer. You know, I was like, that's not a clock. I'm like, that thing is counting me down. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? And I kept looking at the time and I kept going and I'm coaching the scripture at to Harvard. I'm like, man, that time is gone. And then a message was sent from the sound desk to the screen telling me you've got five minutes. Wrap it up. Legit, true story. True story. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so... There's only a clock in this church, not a countdown timer. Thank God for that. <laughs> Exodus chapter 1 verse 12 and Exodus chapter 1 verse 20. Keep your fingers there. We're living in a society that's very depressed, as you heard the different men of God come into France and speak about. It's COVID-19, it's Israel, it's all of these things that's happening around us and the world is crumbling, it's falling apart. Things are not looking good. The prisons are getting fuller and fuller and fuller. I mean, it's supposed to be social distancing, you know, be isolated, be in your home. Nobody's at home. You know, the guys are stealing. The crooks are, I'm like, guys, you're not supposed to be coming in. I thought you was used were social distance. You know, it's when the lockdown came, the guys got even more aggressive. The world is falling apart. The police email me. At least once a month, they get an email from Vic Paul. They need more cops. Please come on board. They need more cops. I'm like, what is going on? It's just one thing after another. You put on the news, bam. America, you got the Black Lives Matter thing. You're like, what is going on? Click on the news, Trump, Biden. Click on the news, India, lockdown. South Africa. South Africa had to go take them. COVID-19 virus and mutated. It had to be South Africa. All the countries. South Africa goes and mutates COVID-19 and goes to England. The world is just living in a state of fear. Can you all see it? You click on your phone, man. It's just, you're like, what is going on? And the danger is as children of God, because we're living in the world, we tend to get absorbed 
and caught up in this world of masks and this and you must see me at work. If you see me at work, you couldn't tell whether I'm black or white because I'm blue. It's a blue mask, a blue shield, a blue gown, blue gloves. We take a prisoner to hospital to escort him. The nurses at the hospital are like, why are you guys dressed like this? Medical staff. They're like, why are you guys dressed like this? We had a fire at work the other day. The fire is coming to work. They're like, ho, 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 wait. Are we safe to come in? We're like, why? They're like, guys, the way you are dressed up. So this is the new normal, they're calling it. The world is in a constant state of fear. And we as a church of God have got to get our mindset. We've got to learn the word of God. We've got to recalibrate our faith, recalibrate our vision, our view, and know where we are in this world in this time. It's getting worse. It's going to get worse. It's the last hours now. Everything is just going crazy. However, we've got to understand that God is in control. And if he is in control and we believe that, we need not panic, we need not fear. Exodus 1.12 reads like this. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. Exodus 1.20. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and they became even more numerous. Moses, I'm talking about today, Moses. There arose a king in Egypt who did not know Joseph. This king was cruel towards the Hebrews, the children of Israel. He dealt with them with a mighty hand. He enslaved them and oppressed them. And then one day he had this big revelation. Every boy that's born must get taken and thrown into the river Nile. Let's destroy them. There are too many of them, he says. If there's a war, they'll rise up and they'll overpower us and we will not stand a chance. And so they took to action. This man gave the midwives a brief. He says, okay, when they're giving birth, make sure, do such and such. The midwives are like, oh man, we can't even control that. The Hebrew women are so vigorous and strong. They just give birth before we can even come and take action. So Pharaoh is on survival mode, oppressing the children of God, enslaving the children of God, literally throwing away their kids, literally killing and destroying them. But look at those two texts, what they say. The Bible says they multiplied and they spread. They increased and they became even more numerous. The first point I want to make this morning is we as children of God are so blessed that we grow when we are oppressed. When things go bad around us, we don't fall down. We are designed to be like a spring and rise up. We are designed as God's children that when things go south and everybody panics, we as children of God get stronger. We get mightier. We get more confident. We become more resilient. This is God's design for you and I because we are the chosen of God. We are in the world, but we are not of. We are sent out as sheep among the wolves, but we have God's hand upon us so that we are not enveloped 
by the evil that controlled the world. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9 reads thus, We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Fresh courage, take child of God. The world is going crazy, but don't you dare go with that flow. The world has lost their faith, but don't you lose your faith. The world is living a life of COVID normal. Mask, fear, fear, don't touch, don't touch. Wash, wipe, oh my God. God has not designed us to be panic mechanics. No sir, no ma'am. We are on the winning team. God has designed us to rise up in the state. The children of God were oppressed in Egypt's land. They were literally being killed, literally being cast out into the river Nile. But the Bible says they grew even more. Their number expanded even more. Even though there was laws against them, these people still were able to thrive and rise up. God has given us that power. God has anointed us. We are a different kind of breed. We are not normal like the world. Our thinking is not like the world. Our favor is not like what's happening in the world. We are designed to rise up. Where is there fear? In school, rise up. Is it at work? Rise up. Is it at uni? Rise up. Often hear Christians repeating the very same things they see on the news. I'm like, man, what Bible are you reading? Christians living in fear. What Bible are you reading? Closing churches, not inviting people to their homes. You know, not talking to nobody. This is the conversation now. Hello, Johnny, how are you? You, you all right? Don't, don't come too close now. COVID and that. You okay? <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> but we are blessed, we believe. Guys, let's rise up. We have a unique design. We are not like the world. In but not of. Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 2. Keep your finger there. And also on verse 4. The Bible says this, Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Verse 4. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Now, when the king ordered this decree, or the pharaoh ordered this decree of chucking the kids into the Nile River, there was panic everywhere and whatever. And so Moses' mom put him in the basket, chucked him in the Nile, and his sister stood at a distance. And she watched. You see, what was happening here was God's hand was upon this young Moses. His sister stood at a distance and watched. Now, all the other kids around him were chucked and they were destroyed. They were killed, thrown into the Nile River. But for some reason, Moses was selected. For some reason, Moses, the Bible says in that verse 1 and 2, his mother saw that he was a fine child. He was a fine child. She looked at the baby and she's like, this baby is a fine child. It's beautiful. I cannot destroy this. 
but I've got to abide by the rules. So she chucked him in the basket, secured it nicely, chucked him in the Nile. And the sister was like, hey, look, you stand by and you watch your brother keep him safe. So Moses is hidden. He is given a safety net of protection by the favor of God. What am I saying of us? You and I have been hidden in the hollow of his hand. You and I have been enveloped by a protective hedge, the hedge that God gives us, surrounding us to protect us because we are fine people. We are God's unique people. We are not just ordinary. The Bible reads thus in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know that all things work together or work for the good to those who love him and have been called according to his purpose, I repeat. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. You and I are those people in the 21st century, in the COVID-19 crazy world. God has enveloped and protected us and will not let us drown. Moses is being left there in the Nile, but his sister's got her eyes on him. Safety, protection, because he's a fine child. No matter where you are in your part of life right now, God is watching and he's protecting you because you are a fine specimen. You have been called and set apart by God himself. You're not just a nobody, no sir, no ma'am. The blood of Jesus was not wasted on you. His eye is on you. He's protecting you. Don't get caught up in the system of this world. Don't get caught up in the thought pattern of this world. What spells fear for them spells victory for us. When we hear of death and destruction, we don't run the opposite way. No, sir, no, ma'am. We know where our end is. We know where our God is. He's got us safe and protected. If death comes, so be it. Into the arms of Jesus I go. There's that safety and protection that God has given us. He's given it to you. If the economy falls tomorrow and the dollar is back to zero or reduced to nothing, it doesn't affect you and I because God is protecting us. We are safe and secure in his arms. Moses, a little kid, powerless to help himself, but there was something over him that made him a fine child, a unique plan for him. And the deal in heaven was this boy will not die. He will not die. The others may have, but not him. He's a fine child. Watched, protected. Are you afraid? Don't be afraid. You are watched and you are protected. Are you nervous? Don't be nervous. God has your back. Just the other day, I went and I did a, a motorbike driving course. Motorbike riding course. And I had a lady, her name was Rochelle. She's a champion, I think, in Australia uh, in off-road driving or riding or whatever. So here I am, Macho Johnny, being taught by a 50-year-old lady. Macho Johnny, look at me. She put me on the bike and I'm, oh my God, what's going on? Oh, I don't know. So she's come. She put the front wheel in between the legs. She secured the front wheels. I'm sitting on the bike. He says, Johnny, I'm going to demonstrate to you how it feels to turn. Because on the bike, when you're driving a certain speed, you don't turn like that. You've got to lean, you know. So I'm learning all of this. I'm like, I don't, don't, don't you turn like this. Like, no, no, no. You lean. You push forward on the handlebars. You don't turn like this. Oh, you don't look at where you're turning. You look at where you're going to. I'm like, oh, my God. So she's teaching me all this. 
I'm going to make a point soon. The front wheel in between the legs. So she pushes the bike down. I'm on the bike and I'm like, oh, she's like, Johnny, you're not going to fall. I got you. I'm a qualified instructor. I got you. Go with it. Fall with the bike. Man, and the bike, I'm, my knee's on the ground, you know? She's making me counterbalance and all of that. She's like, okay, yeah, we're going to go left. We're going to go right. And I'm, I, I was afraid, but the more we did it, I realized that she's in control and I got more and more confident. And I'm like, okay, it's my first time on the bike, but I'm getting confidence because she knows what she's doing. What's my point? God is like that lady. He knows what he's doing. So be confident. Don't be afraid. It may seem foreign to you. It may seem different to you, but fear not because God is in control. Moses, everybody's dying, but not you, boy. I've got your back. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. They all got COVID-19. Don't worry about that. I got your back. You are my set-apart group. You are born again. My children, you safe. For the record, I did get my license. Just putting it out there. Exodus chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. And also Exodus chapter 2, verse 10. The Bible reads like this. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the baskets among the reeds. She sent a female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Verse 10. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. The story continues. Moses is safe. He's in the boat. I mean, he's in the basket. It's floating along. Oh, danger, danger, danger. It could tip over. He could get eaten by crocodiles. Danger, danger, danger. How long will he be in that basket for? Danger, danger, danger. The soldiers might see him and kill him. Danger. Nah. No. God has your back, as I said earlier. God is protecting you. Like that lady, you know, she was throwing me left and right, and I got the confidence, okay, she's got my back. She's like, Johnny, look into my face, Johnny. That's all you got to do, look at my eyes. And I'm flowing back, and I'm like, okay, I like this thing. You know, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I'm thinking, danger, danger, danger. She's like, no, 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 relax, boy. I got you. I got you. The Bible says, Moses, uh, Pharaoh's daughter went to the to river, uh, river Nile to bathe. And when she gets there, she sees this young man, little boy, in the basket floating about in the Nile. She sends her slave, go get that boy. Draw him out. That's what God does for his beloved. That's what God does for his children. All things work together for our good. That's what God does for you. That's what God will do for you. In the midst of a chaotic world, God sends forth his word to draw us out. He will never ever put upon you, the Bible says, more than what you can bear. No, sir. There's a vaccine and that vaccine is Jesus. There's a vaccine and that vaccine is the blood. You'll be around 10 folks who's got COVID-19, but God will draw you out of that because you have been predestined by God himself. Your future has been predetermined as victorious. Your future has been predetermined as more than a conqueror. Your future has been predetermined as a king. Favored. Chosen, 
What does the Bible say? First Peter 2 verse 9. Here are all of these adjectives that God uses to describe us and why we get drawn out and pulled apart. But you are a chosen people. One, a royal priesthood. Two, a holy nation. Three, God's special possession. Four, that I may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Five, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You see what God has done? He has sent out his word to draw us out of it all. No matter what madness is going on around us, God has sent it out to draw us out of it. Fear not. God has handpicked you. Bam! Pharaoh's daughter. Send him out. Get him out. Get him out. Get him out. Get him out, she says. Verse 10 says this. When he grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. That's where the name comes from, Moses. She said, because I drew him out. You see God's favor there? They're killing all the young people. He gets chosen. He gets put in a basket. He's floating, he's floating, he's floating, he's floating. An unlikely resource of help comes and plucks him out. Not a Hebrew woman. No. Pharaoh's daughter. Get him out. Oh, he's one of the Hebrew children, okay. Do you need anybody to help him? I can get somebody. She gets somebody to raise him. When he becomes of age, bring him into my house. I'll treat him like my son. This is in a chaotic society, Egypt's land, where all of these people are being abused, but God has handpicked him out of it. What am I saying this morning? You have been handpicked by God himself. No harm shall befall you. Nothing that happens to you will destroy you. The enemy may come up against you in one direction, but when, you, when God is done with him, he will flee before you in seven different directions. Handpicked. This is who you are. But Johnny Covert, it doesn't matter. You've been handpicked. Oh, but my God, Israel, you've been handpicked. My God, the world is going nuts. You have been handpicked. Oh, but everybody's kids are just getting into drugs. and equipment. No, yours have been handpicked. Oh, but Johnny, economically, everything is going bad. No, no, no. Your finances are handpicked. You are protected and covered and drawn out by God himself. Are you sick in your body? What happens to everybody in my family? We all got cancer in our family. You have been handpicked, healed by his stripes. His word has been sent out to draw you out of it and make you unique. Peculiar, holy, royal, a chosen people. These people, this is who you are, sir. This is who you are, ma'am. A guy once said to me, Johnny, why are you always so excited and so confident? I'm like, mate, because I know my limits. I know that on my own, I am nothing, but because I've got Jesus in me, that's where my confidence comes from. I'm like, give me your worst world. Give me your worst devil. The worst, the stronger the enemy's attack is, the better for me because God will rise up even higher than that. My confidence is in him and your confidence should be in him. No matter what comes up against you, Jesus has overcome it already. The Bible says he made an open show of the devil. You know what that means, open show? I don't know if I've shown you all in this church. 
An open shot of the devil means this, right? It means that Jesus punched him in the face, kicked him in the gut, jumped on his head, stamped him, destroyed him, picked him up again, beat the devil up again. And when he was done, made an open show, grabbed him by the scuff of his collar. By the scuff of his, in fact, he was like, a, I'll take it one step further, by the finger, put him on the ground and made an open show of the devil. That's what Jesus done. He took him sickness, disease, AIDS, cancer, COVID, hate, backsliding, pornography, whatever evil was there, Jesus completed it, bested, and he made an open show and says, hear ye, hear ye all. Here lies the God that once oppressed you. I am making an open show. That's what Jesus done. That's where our confidence lies. Nothing out in the world is strong enough to intimidate us. No, Jesus made an open show. No, no, no countdown for me. <laughs> All right. Exodus chapter 2, verse 25. Keep your finger at chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. The Bible says, so God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. That's 2.25. 3 verse 1 to 4 reads like this. Now Moses was tending to the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire... It did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over to see the strange sight. Why the bush is not burning up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I am. Why does God give us all this favor? Why does God protect us? Why does God bless us? Why all of this niceness and goodness from God? What's God's purpose? It's because God is calling you for a purpose. God has an appointment for you. There's a job that needs to get done. There's a purpose that's got to get fulfilled. It's not so you can be pretty in church. Oh, Jesus saved me so I can be in church singing. No, 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 no. That's a part of it. Oh, I'm washed in the blood so I can just come and chill at church. No, no, no. There's... A mission at hand. There's a task at hand. God has reached out, saved you, sanctified you, set you apart, gave you all of these blessings because there is an underlying purpose. You see, Moses had this journey of grace and favor and all these good things happening to him because God was leading him to the mission at hand. The people in Egypt's land had to be set free and God needed a vessel. The people in Egypt's land were crying out to God. We're being persecuted. We're being bullied. We're being treated as slaves. They're killing our kids. God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, help us. So God began a mission, a plan. He's like, okay, who can I get? Who can I get? Bam, Moses. What am I saying this morning, child of God? You are that Moses for the 21st century. You are that Moses for Australia. You are that Moses for your workplace. You are that Moses for your school. You are that Moses for uni. You are that Moses for your family. 
for your community. You are that Moses for all the other young boys and young girls. You are that Moses for those parents that need. You are that Moses. It's you. It's on you. That's why God has saved you and kept you safe thus far. It's because God wants you to be available for his mission and for his purpose. Moses sees a burning bush. Bam. Voice speaks out to him. God tells him, my people, your people, they're crying out to me. I've heard your cry, Moses. I've set you apart for such a time as this. I've set you apart for this mission and for this task. What was his uh, response, Moses? Here am I, Lord. Hear that voice. Moses, Moses. Here am I, Lord. That's got to be your cry this morning. Here am I, Lord. Were they panicking for COVID-19? Here am I, Lord. I'll bring, I'll, I'll bring calm to the circumstance. Were they going mad over Black Lives Matter and the madness there? You've got to be that voice. I can give some clarification on that. When everybody's overwhelmed in your family with sickness and disease and, oh, we're losing our cousin again. You've got to be the one, hey, yeah, yeah, I, I can say a prayer. I can help. I can deliver a word of encouragement and help you along. We are those people. Australian politics will not save Australia. It's the church. It's me and it's you. Voting will not save this land. It's me and it's you. The police will not save this land. It's on you and it's on me, sir. We've got to mobilize our faith and be available because we've been called but we've also been appointed. There's a job at hand. Moses, it's payback time. <laughs> All the protection I've given you, <laughs> share it to somebody else. What am I saying? Use whatever means are necessary to shine the light of God into this confused world. It's not getting any easier, but guess what? You and I can help fill the ark. Get them in. Get them in as many as possible before Jesus comes. He's coming in any, any time. What does the Bible say? Matthew 28, you know this. Then Jesus came and said to them, all authority is given to me on earth and in heaven. Therefore, go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything. I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end. This is our mission. It's the great commission. You 12 disciples, I've taught you, I've trained you, I've given you uh, the blessing of the Holy, I've, I've breathed over you, I've laid hand on you, I've shown you how to cause the demon. Guess what? The training is over. Get out there and do the exact same thing that I did for you. Replicate yourselves over and over and over and over and over. That's the purpose. The church must never stop. The mission of God must never stop. The preaching of the word must never stop. No sir, no ma'am. Get out there on mission field. Get out there and do it. Can we? Are we effective? Are we powerful enough? Trust me, we are. You know, I remember the other day, uh, there's a young lady, uh, Sarah Fiegel. She's a journalist in America. She's contacted me two days ago. She said, Johnny, please do us a video of yourself. Just testify about the goodness of the Lord and send it to me. And I'm going to chuck it on Facebook because it's a group of people I'm trying to reach out in America. There's some part of America trying to reach out to. Uh, she's like, hey, please let's get your testimony and put it out there, you know? And she's done that. And I'm getting all of these texts. I'm not on Facebook. I'm getting all of this feedback. Johnny, oh, powerful testimony. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, Johnny. Oh, Johnny. Oh, Johnny. My head's getting bigger and bigger. I'm like, oh, I'm just. But as I said to you, I, 
I have been mentored by old guys. These guys are not phased by popularity and that. They old school guys are like, nah, nah, nah. Uh, you must decrease that, he might increase. So I've got that constant reminder. And I just had a reflection of when I first got saved. Do you know for me to get saved, it took somebody to sacrifice their time and pray for me? For me to get saved and become this nice, oh, Johnny, we like him, oh, we like him, he's so powerful, oh, Johnny. Somebody had to go on their knees and fast and pray for me. Somebody had to dig in your pocket and pray for a marquee to get put up in the community and apply from the council for permission to have a tent campaign to preach. Somebody had to go to God and fall before the altar and trust God for a salvation message to reach a person like me. Somebody had to leave their family, their wife and their kids and spend two hours on the stage preaching, sweating to reach little old me. Do you know that the work that went into just reaching out a person like me, the work of God has got to go on. Somebody has got to pay that price. And this is the funny thing. He led me to the Lord. I never seen that guy again. He'll never ever get the accolades. If I become anything nice, he'll never ever get that praise. But he had to make that sacrifice for my soul to be saved. He had to pay that price. It's on you, sir. It's on me. It's on us for our generation. We've got to pay that price. We've got to dig in our pockets sometimes. We've got to go on our knees sometimes. We've got to leave friends and family. Separate and see God's face sometimes. We've got to make that sacrifice for even one soul. I'm so grateful that I've become a little, a little, a little contributor to the extension of the kingdom. But through the sacrifice of somebody that paid the price for me. I never even asked for it. But my God, when Jesus saved me, it was the most beautiful thing ever. But somebody had to be that Moses. You go out for others, what I've done for you. Last point I'm going to make. Exodus chapter 3, verse 16 to 18 reads like this. I will assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hebites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the Hebrews, excuse me, the elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt, O Pharaoh, and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 reads like this. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though we were making this appeal through us. We implore you in, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So Moses has heard the message. He's risen up and God has said to him, go over to Egypt's land and assemble all of the elders of Israel and speak to them. God has now given this man the favor to gather the elders of Israel and speak with them words of life, empower them, mobilize them to take action. God has organized it already. What am I saying to you? When you begin to open up your mouth and speak words of exhortation and share your faith, God has already organized favor with the listener. 
He's given you that platform because he's given you the power with it. God will never put upon you more than what you can bear. He'll never send you out there unless he has pre-organized it to go smoothly. Go, Moses. Don't worry about anything. Go, go, go. But my voice, don't worry about it. But my stamina and my stutter, don't worry about Moses. Go, go, go. Moses resists. He gets angry. God's like, okay, I'm mad now. <sighs> Take Aaron with you then. He'll speak. Okay, thank you. Oh, but God, one more thing. God's like, oh, my. what's wrong? Moses, put your stick down. Oh, it's a snake. Yes. Put your hand in your jacket. Pull it out. Oh, it's leprosy. Put it back in. Oh, it's good. It's organized. He's been given the power, the ability to do great and wonderful works on God's behalf. We are Christ's ambassadors on earth. We represent the kingdom. When somebody got a headache, let me pray for healing. Bam, God gets the glory. When someone is stressed and depressed, share words of life. The burden gets lifted. Man, this afternoon in the city, when the word is being preached, Jesus can save you. That's the point. We're taking it out onto the streets because we are Christ's ambassadors representing the kingdom. CNN represents something else. We represent the kingdom. They interview COVID doctors. We speak about Jesus. He's the chief physician. This is what we do. We are Christ's ambassadors. God has arranged everything. And God says, okay, Moses, before you go, one more thing. I've hardened his heart, by the way. I've hardened his heart. It's not going to be easy. So just to let you know, guys, it's not going to be easy. You're going to meet resistance. You're going to be challenged. You're going to be threatened. You're going to be undermined. You're going to be orchestrated. Whatever. Ostracized. Whatever. Just be Christ's ambassador. You have been saved, set apart for a time such as this. In closing, I'm going to read one verse. Acts chapter 17, verse 6. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city official shouting, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here. In the book of Acts, God's apostles, disciples, had been so effective as far as the kingdom was concerned that the Bible says that they turned the world upside down. When they entered the town, everybody went, they got into panic mode. All of the magicians, the soothsayers, they in panic mode because they knew change has come. We are those change agents. You and me are change agents. When we walk into a space, our presence, the presence of God in us has got to change that atmosphere. When your family is stressed and depressed, your presence should just change that atmosphere. They must be like, okay, maybe you can help us, man. Maybe you've got the answers. What do we do? You've got to be that person. Change, change agents. When other couples look at your marriage, they must be like, man, what are you guys doing? When they look at your kids, must be like, how are you making it? Because we are those change agents. Guys, it's on us. We are it. Moses, we know the story. From that little boy, infant in the basket, he becomes a great and mighty leader. Inferior complex. He had stammerer, stutterer. Well, murderer too. All of these elements. But because he puts his faith in the living G.O.D., the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he put his trust in him 
took his eyes off what's happening around him, put his eyes on him, God began to show him off, show his presence off through this vessel, Moses, and he saved the nation. We can turn the world upside down. Our only limit is us. This is one time you can't even blame the devil. No, sir. He's been defeated. It's on you now. It's a decision away. This morning, I want to pray with you. I don't know what your need is. I don't know what your desire is. I don't want to trust God for a breakthrough for you. God can do the impossible. God can do the impossible. Yes, he can. Johnny, how do you know this? Because I'm living the impossible. I'm living it. From the ghettos, to the, from the slums, to standing and preaching God's word. In most countries on this planet, preaching by faith, by faith preaching it and seeing God do it. He can do it for you. He can you. If you can use me an orphan kid, he can use you. If you can use me an extra kid, he can use you. I had a low self-esteem and he's using me. He can do it for you, sir. All you've got to do is make yourself available and take your eyes off the things of this world and be that change agent in Jesus' name for your generation. We're going to pray. If you're saying, Johnny, I want to pray right there in your seat. Put your hand up. Put it down again. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray with you. You've got to make that step of boldness anyway. That's the challenge. Put your hand up and you drop it again. And we're going to pray. If you're saying, pray for me, Brother Johnny, put your hand up. Let me see it. And we'll trust God for a breakthrough for you. Put your hand up this morning. Hallelujah. I'm not supposed to get you to come and help us pray this morning. Just understand my faith and just trust God for a mighty breakthrough. So if you're in your seat, please do us one more step. Just rise up to your feet, all of you, this morning in the service. And let's just pray. Pray for a breakthrough. Just stand onto your feet, yes. Pray for a breakthrough. That God might use us for such a time as this destroying demonic principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual weakness in high play, destroying and pulling down all of these towers as God would use us. I'm going to pray and Pastor Gary will pray. If you're in your seat, just by faith receive what God is saying. By faith receive that miracle. By faith receive that breakthrough. Father God, we stand before you today in this beautiful congregation among the saints. Father God, we are faced with the dilemma of the end times. There's so many things that's going on around us, God, and oftentimes we get overwhelmed and get sucked into the reality of the evil one. But Father, we pray for open minds now. Minds that are focused, focused on your word. Minds that see the world through the eyes of God. Minds that see the world, oh God, through the vision of heaven, God. An attitude that is heavenly. A mind that is Christ-centered and God-focused, knowing that all things are possible. Father God, I pray for us as sheep among the wolves, oh God, for us to rise up in power, every single one of us in the service, to rise up in power and be a change agent, oh God, in our community, in our family, in our church, at university, at school, at work, wherever we may be, God, use us as vessels of honor that the world might see that there's life in Jesus. In Jesus' name, we trust you for these things. Hallelujah.